Hello, hello, listeners to the Third Way podcast. Um, so there's some things I've had a lifelong passion around, passion around uh, football, reading, and politics. In fact, I can sometimes get too obsessive about politics still to this day. Uh, and But there's a place for politics. You know, it's a dirty word for many people, but it's also kind of the messy work of a democracy. And, um, you know, to to relegate politics to that it's that it's someone else's job is a good way to invite tyranny into your life. Um, so to that end, I have a dear friend. Um, he's actually one of my clients as well, uh, joining uh, on this episode today. Um, Orville Morales is the founder of the People's Lobbyists, which is an organization or a, or a, a, a company that teaches people how to become lobbyists for the causes they believe in. Um, and so I have uh, Orville on to talk about this idea that he has around what he calls pragmatic activism. So welcome, Orville. Hey, how you doing, Justin? It's definitely a pleasure to be here. Hello, everyone. Uh, just, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for, for doing this with me. Um, so just a quick background for people. Um, how did you arrive at kind of this place that you're at with um, the people's lobbyists and this idea of pragmatic activism, you know, I know because I already know very well your story, but how did you arrive there at this place that you're at today? Well, that's a great question, Justin. I mean, I really wish we had the time to go into it. That's a whole lifetime uh, <laughs> of, uh, insight for sure. But, you know, in short, the way it really came about uh, pragmatic activism is that, you know, having over 15 years being in the community, whether it's with organizations, businesses, governments, uh, and really seeing the interactions between people who are making change and people who have opinions about them, I just really saw that there was no mechanism to teach people uh, in a way that gives them the right runway to learn about how to get involved. You know, how do lobbyists work in communities and activists and advocacy groups and nonprofits and all these groups that are trying to change things, but no one's teaching them how that change actually happens. Um, and, you know, I can tell you so many stories working uh, for a member of Congress and just seeing that, you know, folks weren't, you know, really they're they're reaching they're so they're feeling confused and frustrated with their representatives but they don't know what it is their representatives can actually do right. for them right. uh, but I did know and you know I've been uh, teaching this kind of work for so long in my life that it was just about time to put it all together into a methodology and help people do it themselves essentially yeah yeah it's fascinating I mean I got I, I remember like the first political campaign, like presidential campaign, I remember was Reagan running against Carter. I was, I think I was 10, um, 10 years old, I think, uh, or, or 11. Uh, anyway, no, 10 years old. And, but then I was, uh, I was involved in like uh, Bush versus Dukakis. I was involved mm -hmm. with, um, you know, Dole versus Clinton. I was a lifelong Republican. I, I, I changed my registration in 2002. 12, I think, because of the horrible things people on the in the party were saying about Obama. Right, right. And I didn't necessarily like his politics, but I thought he was a classy dude and didn't deserve that. And then I really left it all in 2016 when, well, we know what happened um, yeah, in 2016. Yeah. So um, anyway, I, I've never, 
you know, this is a, there's a word in pragmatic activism that kind of goes into the first question I wanted us to kick around, which is, what is your definition of an activist? Because that's, that's also like politics, a loaded word. Right. Uh, so what is your definition of an activist? Well, for me, you know, it's a very simple definition. It's just someone who decides that they need to change something. They need to push people to change into whatever they see fit, whatever issue, whatever goal, whatever ideal they see. They're just trying to change. And it's usually something that they're trying to change people more broadly. So it's not the same of me saying, I'm trying to change you and encourage you to buy me dinner. You know, that's not an activist. That's just two people, you know, like debating and I'm trying to get a free lunch here. Um, It's really about, you know, folks are seeing things are going on outside in their communities, whether it's like on their street, in their neighborhoods, in their cities, and of course, nationally, globally, and they want to change things and they move. They, you know, they, they believe that the system is not working and we need to take it somewhere. And that's who the activist is. It doesn't matter the ideal. And unfortunately, most activists are actually reactivists, you know. Um, so, and that's really what causes the, the ire that we're seeing because folks are just reacting to the policies that are being decided on or the intentions of policy or intentions or direction of this country. Uh, and they're reacting, they get angry at people. And unfortunately, the reactivist is the person who gets you fired. You know, they're the ones who are just pushing, but they're not changing anything. They're not changing the corporation's hiring practice. They aren't changing, you know, how we get healthcare or housing. They just don't like you. And I need you to suffer your the consequences for the two words you just said or whatever. Like it doesn't matter the issue, but they're reacting. The activist is actually someone who actively changes it. And I think right now we're confusing the two statements. Right. So two ideas. Yes. Especially with the, you know, weaponized opinions on social media is, is, mm-hmm. is of that. And I think, you know, I, 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 I don't, I mean, you know way more about this than I'll ever know as far as, as, far as it goes. So my sort of, uh, you know, amateur view of an activist is someone that applies resources to create systemic change. Mm-hmm. And I, I think applying of resources is the key. So resources could be time. Could be money, depending who it is. It could be, um, you know, their brand. I mean, there's different resources, but I, I, I think that if all you're doing is expending emotions on something, that does not make you an activist. Like you said, I love the term reactivist. Yeah. Um, and I also think then that if you're not, also if you're not committing resources, you're not activating anything. Like right. you can be all pro Ukraine and, and change your Facebook, you know logo or, or you know graphic or whatever and that's fine whatever um but you're not you're not putting resources to change and people are someone you know occasionally critical of like the nfl and they're they're 180 after george george floyd's floyd's yes. murder mm-hmm. uh away from sort of a denial about you know systemic racism and and you know ostracizing of kaepernick and all of that to like black lives matter everywhere mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my my point to that was, it, it, whatever their intention, they still put resources to it. Yeah, I mean, they spend spending millions of millions of dollars and really jeopardizing their brand, similar to when NASCAR banned the Confederate flag. They jeopardize yeah. like their fan base, and so sometimes the resource to be an activist, the resource is your own reputation. Yeah, that's what yeah. that's what you're risking or using in order to get there. And I, mm-hmm. I um, so anyway, yeah. 
Do you, yeah. this is kind of a subset to that, do you consider yourself an activist? Based on I do. Either I do. I do. Yeah, yeah. I do see myself as an activist. It's just that the way I approach it, very few people will call me an activist. Um, you know, the people's lobbyist is a for-profit business, and any word of profit um, is usually not associated with an activist, unless you're a Christian, and therefore profit is a different spelling, and there's a whole different connotation <laughs> there. Yeah. Right? Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm already showing up in a way that folks won't call me an activist. Uh, but I am trying to change something. Um, yeah. And, you know, nowadays, activism is playing a different role in society nowadays. It's not just about changing the system. It's also sustaining one. So we're seeing a lot of pushback to traditional uh, activism as people think about it. Usually people tie activism to racial justice issues um, generally or, you know, or movements to, you know, uplift the indigenous communities or think of uh, immigration issues. You see a lot of activism in those areas, usually called progressive issues. But we're seeing mm -hmm. a, a counteraction to that as well, where people are trying to maintain some sort of tradition that has existed and it's pushing back. So now activism is actually not just I, specifically a progressive thing. Um, so for me, yeah. I'm, really, I'm really sitting in the place where, yes, I am trying to change something. It just turns out the usual calls for change are not what I'm trying to change. I'm trying to I'm trying, I'm, I realize in my career that we cannot change anything. It doesn't matter what you believe or sustain anything unless you deal with the people you disagree with, unless you talk to yeah. them, unless you face them. Right. And right now, I am not trying to cause any violence. For me, eradicating people is not my answer. Removing people from the town square is not the answer because that is what we're seeing today. People have left the town square and they went to their corners and creating their own squares. Uh, and yeah. that just really led to the kind of tribalism that really is, that is, is unfortunately painting activism uh, in, a, in a dark light when activism is actually probably one of the biggest skills that a human can do when trying to coordinate with other people to create a better life for the folks yeah. around you. That's really, you know, the core of humanity really comes from our ability to organize. That's really, yeah. the, yes, we had opposable thumbs, but our ability to coordinate the way we do is unseen in, in the history of humanity. That was at its core an activist movement, us growing, us evolving. Um, so yeah, I'm a little different as you can see on how yeah. I approach activism. I love that. And it kind of leads in, it's a good segue to the, the, the next question, which is around this, this, what is this role of activism in modern society? And I'm a history nerd and I look at like, you know, where a nation, uh, you know, where, where a nation that has a very, very dark past um, and we're a nation of activists and, and immigrants, you know, unless you're an indigenous person. And, uh, and so, um, I'm curious, though, is like activism is what changed, you know, everything you go back to the American Revolution to the, um, the 13th Amendment to, you know, civil rights and um, just ongoing, like it was social pressure that, in, that a, a social pressure combined with moral courage that is how progress happens. Right. Um, so I'm curious, when you think about the issues today, like, the issues that we're facing in the U.S. in this particular case, what is the role, the modern role of activism? 
the modern role, you know, if I paint the modern role over the last, let's say 40 years, I think when we're thinking major activist movements, uh, we often go back to the civil rights movement. That's really when we started seeing a type of activism that was affirmative in nature, where mm -hmm. it was seeking out to bring power to folks who are, have been fundamentally um, silenced and relegated to the margins. And, you know, I'd like to consider that kind of uh, activism and idealism, you know, which is what the American Revolution was as well. There was, a, there was a, an ideal underlying a lot of that work. So there was more ideals generally around freedom, patriotism, you know, early on in the, in the uh, uh, Revolutionary Wars, the Civil War was a version of that as well. There was ideals that we were fighting for. And of course, you know, other skirmishes and movements between that period. Uh, but social justice and equal rights, those are ideals that people strive for and really motivates people into the space. Mm -hmm. um, today, we're seeing a different brand of activism where it's really surrounded around your identity, your whiteness, your blackness, your indigenous nature, um, your socialism, your faith. We are seeing these movements really grow uh, all over the place, but they're centered on identity. But the, what's happening, though, is that this modern day idealism and identity activism mm -hmm. is perpetuating tribalism mm -hmm. and that tribalism ultimately under undermines collective responsibility, which is what I think a lot of folks right now know we have problems, but you just want to talk about an ideal which is vague in nature, because you can't quantify an ideal, you can't quantify how much you love America, you can't really quantify it. So therefore you can do create whatever strategy to change it. It's just a love and someone tells you what the solution, what it is. Identity um, with identity activism is the same thing. I will tell you how white you are. I will tell you how black you are. I will tell you how Christian you are. There's some, some standard that is being projected onto you and that might motivate you or might not motivate you. Mm -hmm. But today in modern day, Let's be honest here, Dear, human beings is, has always been multidimensional, mm -hmm. but what gets caught through the wonderful algorithms of news and social media, what inspires people is this ideal and the identity. And fortunately, right now we do have an opportunity, there's good news in, in, in being able to see this kind of activism is that there is a third way. Shout out to, to you, Justin, for helping me name it that. I knew it was existed. But you help me really see the third way, and that's pragmatic activism. And that's where I'm really trying to put in this strategic approach where folks can get involved in the community in a more intentional way that can actually last for years, you know, to really like an individual can decide when they want to get involved and choose, really choose based on their own ideals, their own identities, uh, to be able to lobby for the issues that they care about in a way that won't trigger necessarily the kind of tribalism that can get them fired at work or they or get them you know digitally stoned because that's really what social media is is a digital rock that we send to people you know that could damage your brand ultimately and you know other things because let's be real if you go to your local city council meeting justin and someone doesn't like you and they're they run your child's little league it's going to be awkward you to go to the Little League with your kid now because this guy wants to say that you're a white supremacist just because you're white or you're, you know, you're some liberal because you don't agree with the current status, the current status quo. So it can really right. hurt you if you're not careful how you navigate, hence being, you know, approaching it more pragmatically. 
Yeah, that's so interesting because there's this fine line as it relates to this role of activism is that we we're we're in, we're a nation of activists. That's how we got here more than really any other country on on earth. The positive is we're also the most diverse country on earth related to opinions. We have some calcification around like political parties, but that's more indicative of a representative republic. We're not a parliamentary system and uh, and we have a lot of corruption through the you know the 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 way money is distributed in politics too. Right. Um, and so what I what I what I see with in activism and I and I'm using activism and in your definition you know our definition that we just came up with yours than mine, not reactivists. I think if reactivists is where you said produces tribalism and undermines actually freedom and undermines free thought. So real activism is 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 like uh, social consciousness. Um, it's, uh, it's, and this is where I think um, people that are trying to you to, to, that are activists that are trying to um, change the system in order to uh, change systems in order for to like have power, mm -hmm. like take over. Um, are not activists at all. They're, in, they're, they're, they're going down the branch, the trail, eventually that ends inevitably in terrorism. Mm -hmm. And you right. can see that on January 6th, those were not activists, those were terrorists mm -hmm. uh, because they were trying to take over power uh, right. in the name of keeping it, ironically, uh, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And so I think that it, it's, it's about the power dynamic is what we need is we need a counterweight in society of conscious activism, or uh, we need a counterweight of informed activism um, so that, that it becomes an extension of like critical mind. Mm -hmm. um, and this is why I say that ideology is the lowest form of consciousness. And so to identify, a, have your identity attached to ideology is, is so limiting to actually getting anything done. Right. Um, and, and, and so I think, again, of this counter, like counterweight is that the, the, there's Republicans and there's Democrats in power and trying to seize power, like I saw the other day, or trying to, trying to do something through a power dynamic is not activism, in my opinion. Um, I, I saw something the other day that the D Democratic Party had spent millions of dollars boosting super MAGA candidates to try in the primaries in the Republican mm -hmm. primaries because they mm -hmm. felt they were more beatable. And what yeah. they were doing is they were amplifying these terrible, terrible messages. And mm -hmm. I was like, man, that is short-sighted and so yeah. Yeah. low conscious behavior. Mm -hmm. um, that's to me, and, and I, I could go on and on here about, about what it really means to be an activist. Again, it goes back to why, what's your intention? Are you trying to take power? Or are you trying to distribute power? Mm -hmm. I think the true activist is always trying to distribute power, not take it. Yeah. Um, and you see this like uh, Ortega in Nicaragua, um, who you know was an activist and and led a bunch of activists and and but he became the because it was ultimately about power. He became the thing that they were fighting against. Right. Yeah. And, and that is such a interesting and sad and you know kind of a form of like um, collective narcissism that does that, that taking of power rather than distributing of power.
Right. Um, you know, that uh, one of the, you know, there was a lot, you, you shit a lot of great points uh, in there. One of the things that stood out uh, to me is that, you know, I would argue that, you know, poor white folks might feel like they're losing power in this country and they're beginning to be ignored and they've reacted to that and they're trying to get some back. And then there's another group that aren't like them that just saw, oh, we can get you to vote. We can get you to take action here and redirect your attention. Um, I'd argue for with folks like Castro was, a, was an activist who eventually became his own dictator. Yes, you exactly. Know, um, yeah. it, you know, uh, and not, obviously not in, in, in this country uh, per se, but there's a certain point where an activist movement dies out because the activists within it it kind of gets into their heads that they were the cornerstone of the society and therefore the way they did it is the way you keep doing it. Um, I did a session recently uh, with, with a group of nonprofit organizations around activism. And one of the things that I called out to them, uh, which kind of speaks to this moment about finding a counterweight is that you know the focus on best practices, which is a very common effort in corporations and governments and nonprofits that are either manage change or even you know, sustain uh, uh, efforts, they're doing things because it's worked for them in the past. So let's keep doing it, just do more of it. And this is the fight. When we look at you know, where Republic is, the, the very general concept of if corporations, um, if corporations don't have to pay as much taxes and they keep more of their money, it's gonna help everybody else. That's like a, a bottom line pre premise. So let's just keep doing more of that kind of work. Democrats do it similar. If we gave uh, rights to end discrimination, let's just keep doing it and find more, more uh, uh, groups that need to be represented so they can share power. But Democrats and Republicans are still solidly Democrat and Republican. The human is not two things. There's no binary. I mean, it, it doesn't exist. So this dependency on our best practices is drowning out the best principles that can come from being really innovation innovative rather. And we're in a place in our society now um, that we need to start innovating the way we do things and we can't keep doing them the same way we have because of what happens to the activists. It goes to our head, Justin. You know, if, uh, uh, you know, like think of it in a relationship. If, a, if your partner lets you get away with things because you keep saying the right things, at some point they're going to become resentful because they don't have any power. You just keep telling me you know how to build a house, you know, and how to make good decisions. So listen to me all the time. Yeah. You know, that it, it's a it's a human thing to want to see yourself as the center of all of the decisions. And if you don't see yourself in it, you're not going to get involved in it. Um, yeah. And right now it's really stopping us from being able to evolve in a place where now we can look at ourselves, see what we've done historically. Dark and light because, you know, I, my family has access to health care because of activists. You know, we aren't living in the street because activists made sure that we could access more housing, more health, more jobs. Let's keep going. But let's find new ways to do it because we're in a new age now. We're in a, an age where we could talk to millions of people over time, not in the same day. Facebook will not allow you to talk to a million people. They will stop you, even if you have all those, you know, followers. Uh, but fundamentally, in order to innovate and change the way, we need to approach this differently and kind of take a, a step out of our identity and our ideals and start seeing our humanity a, right. a lot more, a lot more strategically. Because you know that's that's who we are. We look at we work together strategically.
Yeah, and I think again that back to being humans is um, nothing turns a uh, activist into something else like success. Like you look at like the uh, founders of BLM are multimillionaires now, um, and I'm not you know I'm a capitalist. I'm not against money, but mm -hmm. that just feels wrong, you know, mm -hmm. in the sense of uh, 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 th that sense. Because here's why: is if is it goes back to intention is if you are perpetuating the problem in the name of activism, you are not an activist. You're a grifter. Yeah. 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 You know, like it, that's, you, it's a business model and, and, and it's, it's there, it's, it's, it's this, yeah. Perpetuation of the problem, kind of this uh, manipulate manipulation of other people's feelings in order to make money. Um, yeah. And, and I find that, I find that I think politics is very corrupt and because it always has been, but that's a form of corruption too. It's like, you can, you can, there's a lot of money in out there. Um, and, and, and that's that balance. And this is why I'm fascinated by what you're, what you're doing with pragmatic activism, because everyone should have the right to contribute to the causes they believe in, mm -hmm. uh, you know, within the, within the realm of like, um, you know, the, 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 your uh, basically basic human rights and, and the way that we define them, especially in the, in the United States. So you hear people like shitting on the Koch brothers for what they're doing. Well, you could disagree with their policies that they're funding, but to say that they shouldn't be able to do that is just another form of authoritarianism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or I've, I'm always amused by people that are like, they're cool with protests if they agree with them. Yes. So yeah, otherwise, yeah, if yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, those fucking protesters, they blocked, yeah. our, you know, blocked our street or whatever. Well, if you agreed with them, you'd be like, yeah, these protesters are like, yay. It's, right. like, it's like, you can't have it both ways. Either you're pro voice or you're not. So mm -hmm. anyway, it kind of leads to this last question. And it's interesting, the timing of having you on, because my, um, the essay I wrote this week, um, is around uh, polarization. It's called, and I called it the uh, the coalition of the rational. <laughs> and um, and so I'm curious: is do you believe that we live in a in quote polarized society? Do you believe that we are actually as divided as we are told we are by, you know, media? And as mm -hmm. an example, uh, I don't. I don't think we're as polarized. Um, but part of the reason because of that is because I kind of break down people into five very broad categories. This is more just my internal thing. Like as I talk to someone, I can tell immediately. I've, I've met so many people in this world that I can tell you're one of five, that you're either a decision maker, right? You're a CEO, you're a president, you're in elected position, you can decide things. You're either a political influencer and you are behind the scenes of these CEOs, but you could influence them. You know, think of a, a lobbyist as a political influencer. Uh, both the Democrat and Republican Party, they're influencing the politics and they, be, they really dance very close between being decision makers and influencers. Um, we have uh, athletes who can influence people's opinions about a whole bunch of things. What we've been talking about, Justin, is this informed voter, which is I like to call they're like that third middle rum, that they're aware of what's going on and they'll they'll make decisions accordingly. And so those three categories is where we're seeing a lot of the polarization. But primarily where the polarization pops up are just in the spectator sport. 
the spectators of all of this. And those are the folks, it's a large population that are polarized, but that's not the majority of the United States of America. Even in the presidential election, it was still only 65% of registered voters voted in that election. And, you, and there's actually a very limited population of people who can register to vote because it's only if you have the vote engaged. So you already have that huge population of folks who tuned out. We don't know their position. We don't know where they land in the issue. Uh, and because we're only forced to pick two candidates from two parties, it seems polarized because that's what's centered in the me media and our conversation. If you vote for Trump, they, here's a list of your positions. If you vote for Biden, here's a list of positions. But the truth be told, we can disagree. I remember I worked for a congressman. His, his way of speaking about women, he's an ADO Italian guy. It, it left wanting for sure in terms of women's issues. But there's no one better in that community for the issues in that region than this 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 person. Like in my belief, I'm biased. I worked for him, but in my belief, he 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 was the person. So I don't have to agree with everything, right? Mm -hmm. But it seems that way. And then you got bystanders who are just checked out. Like they are not even tuning in because when you look at media and you look at the tune-in rates, it's only a couple million people who are tuning into media shows and tuning into uh, 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 pundits every night. I don't know the evidence of polarization except observation on social media and the news. You know, so it's yeah. hard for me to really pinpoint that. But since yeah. we don't know what else exists, we anchor our conversation in this blue, red, liberal, conservative you know, right. white, black, really gray area because there, there is no other way to have this conversation because we don't know what the other options are available to us. Yeah, I do. I do believe a couple of things on that. Uh, one is, is that the, 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 you know, roughly I would, I'm just going to put just what I jokingly refer to as foster research, which was just me guessing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think about 70% of the population of, let's say 18 and older, population, about 70% of us agree on a set of problems. That's a sign of, you can't, you can't, um, mm -hmm. uh, you can't, you can't, dis you can disagree on solutions. It's, but if you can't agree that there's a problem, it, you got a bigger issue, you know, that's what you, you, you know, and so, you know, you look like, like uh, um, protecting individual rights, or even like something big, like, like codifying, um, through legislation, um, the, you know, what was, what is umbrella term gay marriage, you know, that, um, and, and that, that's an issue that's 70% of Americans agree with. Um, right. And some sort of law, rational, logical gun control measures, you know, those type of things. It's a, the problem with it is, is that there's enough people on the extremes that it produces a business model that the media business, the business side of the media is heavily reliant on. They don't make any money off of moderation or centrism. Right. They don't. Um, and, and so it's this weird thing where we live in kind of two dimensions of the extremes duking it out, you know, yelling it at each other on social media or on the talk show and everything. And then the rest of us trying to figure it out. So there's the duking it out and the figuring it out. And those of us that are trying to figure out, if you and I were to make a list of our ideological views, we probably disagree on a bunch of things. Right. But yeah, yeah, we don't define our who we are by our ideological views. Right. And so I don't, I don't think, 
I think what's happening though is I think it's become basically America versus extremism. And, and we do have a, and we've always had this, it's always been part of the American culture. It's just more obvious now of this sort of weaponized people that are much further down the path to terrorism than we want to admit. Mm-hmm. Um, and back to activism is it's our, I think it's our, the role of rational people to challenge extremism wherever it's presented. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'll give you, I don't know if this is activism, but I'll give you a specific example. There's a guy running for city or for school board here in Austin, um, in Round Rock School District, actually. And his slogan is teach ABCs and one, two, threes, not CRT and uh, uh, LGBTQT. Yeah, yeah. I knew where you were going with it before you finished. I know. Okay. Yeah. And so I saw that and I was like, all right, what do I do about this? Mm-hmm. You know, he has the right to put a whatever dumb fucking thing he wants to put on his campaign signs, whatever. Right. So I, I sent him an email. Um, ironically, I bounced back. His website looks like shit. So, you know, I'm not really worried about this guy, but I was like, I can, I can do inquiry. That's what I do. That's my jam. Like I use Socratic method to poke at people's views. Right. right. And I said, I am a, uh, a uh, straight white Christian male. Right. Um, what do I tell my pe- friends that are people of color or LGBTQT why they should vote for you? Mm. Because he's basically promoting yep. Christian nationalism yeah, at a, yeah. at a, in a, within a school board at this sort of, but with a bunch of dog whistles. And to me, that's what we need to do is like wherever it's found is call it out and challenge it. And I don't know, again, I don't know if that's activism, but I think it's responsible. I think that tyranny and extremism are heavily reliant on fear and silence. Mm -hmm. So if you're not afraid and you're not afraid to challenge people um, around some of the things that they're saying or doing, then it's hard for extremism to gain traction when everybody's pointing at and going, there it is. Right. You know, I definitely think that's activism. But I also think it is, it's in line with idealistic or identity activism. And the reason why I say that is because where, where activism needs to go is, is to have a more future-oriented look. So in my case, what I would ask you, so what do you do now that you send them a letter? What is your strategy after the fact? You know, um, if it's just to wait for him to give you an answer, you might wait mm-hmm. for a long time. They might not even bother. Uh, from a pragmatic act standpoint, thinking Austin, thinking like Texas, um, is there even enough Black people and people of color for him to even feel threatened to even worry about that? So even yeah. bringing up the identity as an angle might not be the best to try to address what you're trying to do with this individual. You know, and it's, it's, worth, it's, it's worth talking about. I don't know exactly if it's true or not, if that's the case, but you you know, my contention is, is that individuals like you that are rational, that are really interested in doing this, just need the support to figure out, yes, I need to do something, but can I do something that actually makes sense that I can continue? If he wins, what am I going to do if he wins? If he loses, what am I going to do if he loses? It's the end all be all is not the election. It is a more uh, strategic approach that we can start getting each other ourselves, you know, 
slowly but surely as rational folks and build our strength over time. You started it, Justin. Now I'm going to follow up with you in about two weeks. Like, okay, what are you going to do next, guy? Well, if he hadn't, his email hadn't bounced, like it Mm -hmm. it was delivered, I would have had a conversation with him. And and I, my thing is, is that I'm curious about how people arrive at their conclusions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I I also have the belief that most of the time, extremism is a, that's on the surface is a grift. I don't think Marjorie Taylor Greene believes a word of what she says or Matt or, or, you know, or the the you know the the in, great insert, insert congressperson here <laughs> yeah especially yeah. on again on the MAGA side of things I don't think they believe any of that shit right uh, I, I once jokingly said that Republicans pretend like they don't like sex and Democrats pretend like they don't like money you know mm. and uh, and so you know it, it is a good question though. what else am I going to do about it and that's why I go back to my own like purpose and is I just want people to be contemplative and reflective because 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 again ideology is um ideology is a low form of consciousness this is also where i look at like identity too it's like i'm a i'm a straight white male christian male like that's what i am i mean from a set of labels if someone that is not those things feels a need to identify around let's say their ethnicity or their sexual or sexual orientation or their gender it is not my place to tell them not to do that. Yeah, that's right. Um, like, like when people say, well, I don't see color. Well, you yeah, fucking yeah. better see color because it's right. a, it is a very different experience in the United States to be a person of color than it is to be a white person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, again, that's that pragmatism though. It's like, yeah, I get it. We should, I hate tribalism. And I have a different experience um, as a man and, and a Christian and as a straight white Christian male than people that aren't those things. Right. You know, yeah. um, the, the line that I was put about the pragmatic side of it here, I think I appreciate your, your willingness to acknowledge, you know, what happens to the voices that are not the majority. Because uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, your, your set of identity and features that you just mentioned are the majority. There's a hunt, over 190 uh, uh, white people in this country that identify as white compared to like 43 and black folks, about 50 million for Latinos. Um, yeah, no, there's something to be said about understanding the power you actually have and using it responsibly that you know you don't just act. People won't perceive your action as just Justin Foster, who's white. You know, right. they're looking at it as Justin represents this body of people. And here I am. Who are you? What you want? Where are you coming from? What are you interested in? What's your angle here? You know, you get called that same little series of things. And, you know, uh, uh, often people's reaction to you is you need to do what we tell you and you have no space here. But I need you to help us. Yeah. Like me being a Dominican man, I need you to help and be involved. So I can't yeah, right. cut you out automatically right. just because I tell you. And that, that's that, what I was saying, like duking it out versus working it out. Like yeah, yeah. if your label is fighting my label, nothing good is happening. It, generally, somebody's probably exploiting that for money or power anyway to get people to do that. But, well, I feel like we could go on and on. Uh, yeah, so can. This was um, very insightful. I, you have a beautiful mind. Uh, thank you for um, sharing your thoughts. And it's very provocative and very third way. Like I don't, I don't get into politics a lot on the third way. Um, 
on occasion I do like this essay about uh, the coalition of the rational, but you, it's encouraging that you're out there doing this work. Um, and I'll put the links to all your shit in the, in the show notes. And I hope people reach out to you and, um, you know, take one of your workshops or, you know, learn how to be involved in a, in a pragmatic and conscious way. So thank you so much. No, thank you, Justin. And listen, this is a love fest moment. The work you're doing and just bringing the ideas that are just elevating us to think about how we present to the world in a way that isn't reacting to our base feelings, you know, just our, our egos or our ideals and not really get deep into the why and the how and the who of, of the work. You know, so our yeah. work together, you know, has really helped me see clearly the third way of how I can do this work. I've been trying to do this for decades. I've been doing, I've been engaged in so many, so much dialogue with different folks of different persuasions. And I never was able to really put it in any context because politics is freaking complicated. And, you know, working together, you maybe see that what I'm really doing is just a different way. And I think just talking to you for five minutes made me realize that it was an explosion that I'm really coming out here trying to say, hey, hey folks, there's a different way of doing this. So I appreciate you uh, and hope that together we can start inspiring a lot more folks to just lean into the conversation and create spaces that we can, we can talk it out and not duke it out. So I appreciate you as well. All right. Thank you. Take care, sir.